This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Listen to my radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 a.m. till noon on Houston's Gospel Leader, KWWJ. 1360 a.m. and streaming live on kwwj.org. Listen on the legendary KYOK 1140 a.m. and streaming live on kyokradio.org. KCOH 1230 a.m. The Source on San Geek Radio 95.1 FM 1460 a.m. and Aliento Radio 101.7 FM and 1540 a.m. Call in at 832 832- 2-570-8075 and follow me on social media. See you then. Mr. Producer, a little more. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Houston, you've got me again. Gilbert Andrew Garcia with a tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer. And we, of course, will thank you, studio audience. We are here again on KWWJ. Keep walking with Jesus. KYOK, the legendary. KCOH, the source. Aliento Radio and Sangeet Radio. And as always, call in at 832-570-8075. I just love this song, Dear God. It is so beautiful. Dear God, is there somebody out there, is someone to hear my prayer? I'm a simple man with simple words to say. Is there some point in asking, asking for more only got us where we are today, lost and alone and afraid? And then he talks about all the things to give me. Give me, you know, food for the hungry, peace in in a restless world. All these beautiful things. We will hear this in its entirety. Let's go ahead and phase it out because... I have a very special guest here who his name is Perry Wooten, and he is, uh, I guess he's really the closest thing to my spiritual advisor as there can be. Pastor Wooten, welcome to A Tip from Gilbert, Talk, Inspiration, and Prayer. Come on. Oh, it's just a blessing to be alive and, this Isn't morning, it? God. Did, God, did, God, did God wake you up today? God called me by my name. Oh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and one thing about it, so if God called me by my name, that tells me I still got favor. Amen. Still have favor with me. Well, you. let me ask you this, Pastor. So before we get going, um, these are very, very strange times in the world. Yes. Am I right? I mean, That's it. That's I, it. I, I gave a, a talk to the AJC, the, the Jewish Committee. They asked me to speak to a group of about 40 or 50 people. And, you know, it just it came to me there as I was inspired. And I said, you know, these are strange times. And I made the comment that we as adults see this weirdness. We almost saw a coup in our country. We see in schools all this violence. We see books being taken out of the schools. We see all these things, all this, you know, hate that's happening. And imagine what it's like through the eyes of a child mm-hmm. going through these times. Yes. And I think that when we go back in history somewhere 20 years from now, we're going to look back at these, the decade of the 2020s, and we're going to think of it as a very violent period kind of like the 60s, with all this social unrest. And what's amazing is, in many ways, a lot of this social unrest is our own doing. Mm-hmm. But at least now we have phone cameras and things to record it and to see things. Mm-hmm. Um, now, some people say, oh, that's bad, but I don't know, maybe it's good. Because at the end of the day, 
I think if you could say a prayer for our youth and that we as adults love them, help them be secure, and uh, again, imagine them going through school and they have to go through a drill on what if a shooter's on campus. Mm -hmm. What are we telling these kids? And then they look at the media and they see what's going on in Ukraine and, you know, people who one day just are living their life and now their life has changed forever for no reason that they had nothing to do with. Pastor, if you could say a prayer for just, I don't know the right word, Pastor, give us all faith because it's easy to question our faith in these times. Would you please, Pastor? Father God, we come before you, Father God, calling on your holy name. Father, asking you, Lord God, for watch over each and every one of us, to give us favor, favor with you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Father God, we know it wasn't an alarm clock that woke us up this morning. It was you who called each and every one of us by our names this morning, Father God. And we just want to thank you. Thank you for looking past our faults and knowing our hearts. Thank you, Father God, for being another chance, God. And, Father God, we just want to thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for all that you've done for us and where you brought us from and where you carried us to in the name of Jesus. Father God, we ask you in the name of Jesus that you look past our faults and knowing our hearts. Thank you for being another chance, God. Father God, we ask you in the name of Jesus that you watch over the downgrouding, the poor, the sick, and the afflicted. Watch over those who have that they may share with the least thereof in the name of Jesus. Father God, we also ask you in the name of Jesus that you bless our brother here, uh, bless our brother Gibbon, Lord, and, and, care, and watch over him as he travel, Lord, as he go through. Father God, we ask you in the name of Jesus that you give him favor. And, Lord God, that you watch over him, and, and, Lord, as he go through the challenges. And, Father God, we ask you in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you guide him and lead him in the direction where you want him to go. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. What a beautiful prayer. You know what, Pastor? We already have some callers. Uh, we, we have been um, blessed that as we've done this show, we've done this show for now almost two years, I believe, a year and a half, and uh, thank you, studio audience, and now we're getting about, uh, you know, nine to ten callers, and they're different callers about different things, and we have, let me see that list again, is there Alejandro on there? Alejandro, are you there? Good morning, Gilbert, good morning, Pastor. Good morning. Good morning there, my friend. What do we got for today? What do you have for me? A tip from Gilbert Talk Inspiration Prayer, or for Pastor Wooten? Well, it is officially rodeo season, and uh, I'm actually a five-year veteran uh, volunteer for the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo Metro Rail Committee. And I just wanted to call in to give your listeners a couple of tips on how to get to the Met, uh, excuse me, to the Houston Rodeo nice and safe while uh, also saving a little bit of money. Uh, I recommend everyone who goes to take the Metro Rail if you can. It's so convenient. It's, it's really, really uh, inexpensive, especially compared to Uber and Lyft prices that go on the lower end to $40 versus $1.25 when you take the Metro Rail. So definitely do that if you can. Uh, but if you do want to take the, Metro, excuse me, the Uber to, to get a little bit closer, I recommend going to anywhere downtown and then catching the Metro Rail line, uh, the red line specifically down to the NRG Center. Uh, uh, it's much faster uh, because of, there's less walking, less maneuvering through traffic, parking. I hear people will take maybe two hours to find a parking spot sometimes. So uh, I just wanted to give. Holy cow, two hours to find parking? Mm -hmm. I can tell you right now, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, take the rail. 
the rail is easy. You come right there. It takes you right to the grounds. You could not be more convenient. Of course. And also say hi to the, to the volunteers. We're nothing but friendly folk out there. So uh, next time you go to the metro, to, to, the, to the Houston Rodeo, please stop by and say so, hi. So Alejandro, what are you doing as a volunteer there? Are you like telling people, step this way, step this way? Or, or are you telling people, that's where you go to the entrance? Or what are you doing? I give people a, 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 a perspective on how it used to be herded like cattle because we get people walking in through the front gate and kind of guiding them in. It's, it's quite a crowd, so it's, it's, it's easy to get lost, and people have a lot of questions. So I kind of tell them, you know, if you're, if you're looking for the NRG Center when you get to uh, look at the cows, it's right here. Uh, or if you're looking for the, the cook-off, it's going to be a little bit more uh, along the ways uh, uh, down on the other side. But uh, I basically help them um, uh, get in and out nice and safe. Very good. Well, you know, I happen to have um, uh, been invited to go to a barbecue tent with CWA, right. the communication workers, mm -hmm. and Mr. Claude Cummins, and I will tell you, they got some good barbecue. You know how when you have that barbecue and the meat just like falls off the bone, you pick up a rib, and it just falls off? That's how you know it's good barbecue. Well, Alejandro, what do you want to say to Houston here as your last word? I'm going to give you the last word. By the way, how long have you been with that rodeo? Five years? Five-year veteran. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Does that mean you're, like, level, you know, level three? Or I mean, Does that mean you're, like, a, you're not an Eagle Scout yet, right? But but you're, like, a, not, t a tenderfoot? Or what are you? Not quite there yet, but I do get an, uh, a really interesting badge at the end of this season for my five years of service. And I not plan on doing this until until my legs give out. And even then, there's plenty of chairs where I can I can guide people through. So I'll be there for a while. Well, but, you're a good uh, man. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Governor. We thank you for your service, man. We For your volunteering. Everyone, everyone, have a great and great week, and I'll see you at the rodeo. Wonderful. Thank you for calling in. I think we had another caller there, Pastor. Hang on. This is the people station, you know. Call in anytime, 832-570-8075. Mr. Producer, Miss Producer, let's send me that next caller. Who? Let me see who that is on the board. Is there a Matthew on the line? One. Matthew, are you there? Hello. Nice to, nice to hear y'all. Matthew, you have me, Gilbert Garcia of A Tip from Gilbert. I have to say that every time, Pastor. I don't know why. Uh, with Pastor Perry Wooten, what do you got for us? Hey, you know, as somebody under 30 and, and you know, somebody who has faith in, uh, in God, I, I have a lot of, um, you know, I have a lot of friends who, who feel like I feel like they've kind of fallen out. I just kind of want some advice, you know, just like with like, you know, how trying times have been. Like, how do you how do you keep the faith through all this, and you know, really like make sure that you're you know staying committed to to being a, a godly person. I think that's a wonderful question. I'm going to let the pastor kind of chime in because first of all, I haven't gotten past the you're under thirty, so I think <laughs> I'm still stuck on you're under thirty. Man, that your whole life's ahead of you, which is going to be wonderful, and this is a glorious time to be alive. Whenever people say all the time. I think we always, when we go through times for centuries, we think these are difficult times. But the truth, these are marvelous times, and the best times are yet ahead of us because we've got all these beautiful things around us. The Lord has blessed us with great bounties of great beautiful weather and Mother Nature and food and animal life and all the smiles and the faces of young people all around. So, you know, I'm very optimistic on humanity and the future of humanity. So I think for you, my friend, it's going to be an incredible journey yet ahead of you. Pastor, what are your thoughts? 
Well, <clears throat> I just think that basically this morning we just we talk we we have to stay in the Word of God. We stay in the Word of God, and we always remember that when you read in the Bible, you have to read knowledge and, uh, of God's Word. You have to read and stay plenished in God's Word. Not just what you hear. You have to sit down and read each and every day in order to have a knowledge of the, of the Word of God. And remember, we, you don't have to go back and read up revelations to tell you about God. Just go back and read a lot about John. John will talk to you basically about the things that's, that what we are going through today. What's, what's happening in the world today. And, and John break it down whereas you can really understand it. And so the thing is, it said that these days it's going to be father against son, mother against daughters. And it said that, the, but you have to realize, is God is here upon us, that so is the devil. And, and, and the devil is active in our lives. And you have to remember when you get down on your knees at night and you pray to God, he's right over your back listening to what you're praying for. So you have to be aware of that. You have to be aware, have an open heart, and be meaningful, and then sit back and plead to, and, and have a prayer to God reaching out. Because God, God will never leave you if you never leave him. Amen. 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 If God will never leave you. And the thing is, even so you're going to do battle, not with flesh and blood, but with principalities. And the devil is always trying to challenge you, to overthrow you, to, to take away your spirit. But as long as you keep your hand in the hands of the Lord and remember God's word said he'll never leave you, nor would he ever forsake you. So you just have to trust in God and believe and have faith and keep on moving forward because the trials and tribulations are going to be there. And remember, everybody go through. Remember, Jesus went through trials and tribulations. Mm -hmm. So we're no better than he is. He had to call on his father to help bring him through. So we're never any better than him. We just got to trust in God and have faith and belief and, and read the word. Feed yourself. And say your prayers and have belief and faith in God. Amen. And Matthew, I would say one of the old, I don't know if it's the golden rule, or, but it's a rule, which is treat people the way you would want to be treated. If you live your life that way, then you're going to be good to people because that's how you want to be. And you know what? The world will be a much better place because people love to be around you know, upbeat people. People want to be with winners. People want to be with goodness. And, and it's infectious when you're around really upbeat people that feel good about themselves. So my view is treat every day like it's your last. Say hi to people. Smile at people. And tell your loved ones that you love them, Matthew. Every day, pal. Hey, thank you, man. That that really does help. You know, I have a lot of friends who I feel like you you kind of just want to shake them. Like, come on, man. You you know, go to church. You know, do the do the things that you know make you godly. And you know, it's just um, you know, it's just difficult because you know everyone is is uh, so wanting to be uh, with within their sphere. And I don't have anything against that, but you know, it it really does help to hear those kind of words. I really appreciate it. Well, just pray for them, and you know what happens. 
Someday there'll be something difficult in their life. And the first thing they're going to do is turn to God. <laughs> because we all do. Just like we turn to mom. We all turn, you know, you turn to your mom, you turn to God. Well, Matthew, thank you for calling, pal. Appreciate it. Thanks, y'all. Yes, sir. We have another caller there. What's the name of this next caller? I, I saw the board. I missed it already. Is there a Dominic on the Hello? line? Yes. Gail, can you hear me? I can. Is this Dominic? Yeah, this is Dominic. Hey, uh, Gil, a couple of comments. Uh, this is the last Monday of the month of February. Now, I think we forgot one African-American hero, which is basically Houston-based. And it's the one lady from Northeast Houston, Barbara Jordan. She showed her faith in the Constitution, particularly in the Watergate hearing. Last Friday, you and I went to barbecue. And you, we saw how bad the traffic was. We carpooled in a, in a Uber vehicle. And the cost of Uber and the par cost of parking at you know, we went to uh, had to park. Some of the places down there are charging twenty bucks. Some care. some were forty dollars. Some were forty. And the other thing too, Gil, though, was I took Metro Rail and the Twenty Seven Shepherd up to Shepherd Court and North Shepherd Parking Right. The time from downtown to GRB, I mean to the Dome, versus the Dome back to North Shepherd Parking Right was equal, and my fare was one twenty five. So that was a good thing. Uh, the thing, your previous caller, I agree with the, what the previous caller has said. It seems like each person now is in his, his or own little world. It's kind of like, it, I know a lot of people wouldn't understand this, but if you under, looked up the philosophy of Rene Descartes, I think a lot of his philosophy applies to, every, to a lot of people. Each person is in his, his or own world. And that makes it to the last thing. We, at the beginning, you were talking about being mean, about anything in the world. Gil, I'm going to tell you something. I transfer, you know I use Metro, from the Silver Line to, say, to 82 Westheimer or to 25 Richmond. The lights are, the pedestrian lights are green, and people still try to run over you. You know, until we <laughs> see, see, until we start seeing people, the person next to us as, a child of God, nothing is going to change. A gonna, amen. I think I've said enough. I think I've said enough guilt for today. Uh, I'll be quiet and let somebody else have to take a chance. Yeah, Thank no, you, I, I didn't mean to laugh, laugh at you. I'm laughing with you because I know exactly what you mean. Um, you're out there like dodging cars. Um, you know, I like like that movie Dodgeball. There was a scene when they had, one of the way they were training is is they were trying to make them dodge cars, and of course they got hit by a car. But I I totally hear you, Dominic. You're a good man, and thank you for all that you do to educate callers, uh, I mean listeners, on using mass transit. Uh, so thank you very much. Let's go back. I want to come back to our guest. I know we have another caller there. We're gonna let that sit for just a second because Pastor Wooten, I want to talk about your book. So hopefully everybody can see that book. It's called From Hell to Glory. And it says here, based on actual events by Perry Wooten. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's an incredible story. And can you believe you live that? Oh, when, you look, when you look back at it, what, I mean, when you look at, back at it, do you say, I can't believe that was me? Or do you look at it and say, of course that was me. And that was the, the Lord's plan all along. I just looked at it and just, just thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
because that was God's plan for my life. It wasn't my plan, but it was God's plan. And, and I just thank you, Lord, that set me on that road and brought me out of that road and brought me into, and, 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 and I'm a better person for that. And God have a purpose for our lives. And each and every one of us, God have a purpose. We have to let God use us. And we have to have God purpose and let God give our purpose and we have to use it. But that's the reason why we have to stay in prayer. We have to stay prayer and stay prayed up. We have to sit down at night where you're in the morning. Every day before I'm in my go in my garage and move my car, I ask I pray. I say a prayer. I ask God to navigate my vehicle to and for, to guide me and lead me. Because that's important. We're living in a violent world. We live in a world of the de- We have to understand if, if, if there's a God, there's a devil. And we're living in perilous times these days. And the devil is among us. As Jesus is trying to get gathered souls, so is he. And we have to be cautious and aware of that. That's the reason why we have to be in the word of God. We have to go to not, not only go to church, but we have to be in the word of God. We got to read. We got to have an understanding what God's word says. And not to get past it, what it is. But sure, the people now, they're worried about the dollar. They're worried about all kind of thing else. But they're worried about, but, but the thing is, unless you have God in your life, unless God leads to you, regardless what if you have a million dollars, and God, you're not going to keep it. That's right. But if God give it to you, can no man take it away from you? You know, Pastor, it's like the saying, you can't take it with you. That's right. You can't take it with you. So uh-huh. while you got it, use it for its beauty That's right. and help others. That's right. And help lift up your fellow human beings, That's right. right? That's right. God bless you. If God bless you, then he wants you to share that blessing to other, with other people that are less fortunate than you are. He wants you to give it to you. Because that's why he blessing you that you could bless others. Well, my my wife and I went, went to church this past weekend, and we gave our last check installment to the capital campaign, mm-hmm. and we couldn't be more proud. And um, we gave to our our church is a humble church, mm-hmm. very humble church, very diverse. Right there, Corpus Christi Catholic Church. I love Father Tom. We're right there on China Street, which is just south of uh, six ten by uh, Stella Link, just outside the Loop. And uh, we know we're going to do a lot of good with it. We gave a total of $500,000 to the church. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't feel better for doing that. That's right. Um, and it rallied the community. And now we're going to do a lot of good things, things that we wish we had done years and years ago because it's an old church. We're going to be expanding. You know, the ladies' restroom had one, I don't know the right word, one toilet. One. And we'll be expanding the restroom. We'll be doing all these things to just make it uh, better for the community. So I feel mm-hmm. real good about that, Pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, we have another caller already, Pastor. So we have a Jesse. Is there a Jesse there? Yes, sir, Gilbert. It's a blessing that you have the Reverend on today because uh, I want to share a message that I heard yesterday introducing uh, him to a candidate. And uh, the gentleman told me, he said, I don't vote for the donkey. I don't vote for the elephant. I vote for the Lamb of God. And I love that when I heard that. So, you know, it just makes people feel, you know, you vote vote with your heart. And the second thing I heard, I want to tell the Reverend that, you know, we need to teach people how to pray exactly 
I heard from another reverend on the radio show that everybody play, uh, prays for a Cadillac, but they don't pray for the insurance and the gas and the good tires to go with it. And I'll leave you with that. Very good. I like that. I don't pray for the donkey, and I don't pray for the elephant. You know, I, I think that's a beautiful thing. I hadn't thought of that. Jesse, thank you for sharing that with us, Jess. And uh, keep us posted. You're welcome anytime to call in to a tip from Gilbert. So, Pastor, let's go back for a second. Talk about us, your career with law enforcement. Well, I have about a, <clears throat> almost a 30-year career in law enforcement. That's incredible. Yes, 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 30 years. You and seem too young to have 30 years under your belt in law enforcement. Well, I appreciate you saying that to the old guy. But I appreciate that. And uh, But I had 30 years. I... Uh, Started back in the early 70s, and it came right after I came out of college and came out and when I had a friend that worked at the sheriff's department, and uh, he asked me to come in because at that time we didn't have any blacks or Hispanics at the sheriff's department. Maybe at that time I think you had about 10 blacks and maybe about two or three Hispanics. Is that right? That's right. Can you imagine that, Pastor? And, and that's back, back in the early time of those years, you were still going to roll call, and and they would stand up, and they was telling us to go clean up them niggas off a of homestead and, and and go clean up niggas. And, Can you imagine and that? And roll calls, and I could never get rid of that. And in that time, we couldn't have, there were no blacks or Hispanics on motorcycle division. There were no blacks in patrols or detectives or warrants. There were no black lieutenants or sergeants or captains or majors. There were no blacks. And you're talking about that time around about the 80s. And we're not talking about... That's not the back, 60s? That's, that's, not, that's not, not the 50s? That's not the 60s. And you're talking about then when, you, when you're you still having nigger beat down nights in the county jail. I used to remember a time when I used to come up in the, in the, in the, in the go in the jail on the 10th floor. It used to call it the gladiator floor. I used to come in, and little young kids, 17 and 18 years old, some 16, they was hanging out the cell blocks, and they was crying. I'm saying, boss, we're so glad it's daylight, because they beat us up, and they beat us down, they were crying. And so I went to roll call that next day, that next day and I said, I tell you guys what. You, well, you know what, Pastor, just hearing that. Mm -hmm. I think everyone needs to hear that because yes, yes. here are these young kids that may have made one mistake mm -hmm. and now they're going to be it, 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 habitual it, criminals because they've been so mistreated there. But police have to understand it's not their job to judge. Yeah. Their job is for care and custody. And the jury judge, the judge judge, judge. Their job is to go in and take care of them and to get them to the courts get them away from the court, and then take them wherever the court make a decision, then they need to move them forth to let them go. Now, I, I didn't mean to lose your train of thought. So you went, and they were saying, boss, thank you. For yeah, I said, boss, we're so glad it's daylight. Yeah. I said, boss, they just beat us up. They beat us down. They stomp us. They was crying. And it hurt me to my heart. So I went on down to roll call. And I stood up in the roll call, and I told them, until we have another... Uh, a honky beat down night. We better not never have another nigga beat down night in this county jail. Because if you do, I'm going to have you all indicted. So I just want to sound the alarm. I'm not on your team. If I better not never hear y'all have that again. So when I turned around and walked out of the road call, 
What courage. And then and then that time, which we never, that time we all, at that back time, we only had, uh, 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 we didn't have uh, civil service. We had a little thing to go get on a test, but once you take the test, when black, we score high, but blacks and Hispanic would never score high enough in order to become two lieutenants, a captains up in that type of deal. So I got in the deal and I caught, went to Austin, talked to Craig Washington, and uh, asked him about carrying the civil service for us. And Craig Washington at that time, back in the 70s, 80, I think 82, 80, 84, carried a bill and sponsored the bill and got a civil service in Harris County Sheriff's Department. The first one of its kind in the southwest part of this country. As far as I know, any there's no sheriff department in the, in the United States to have civil service that, different, more than Harris County Sheriff's But the first one, I don't know any more than that. Mm -hmm. And uh, once he gave it to us, that allowed us to be able to take the exams and tests where they, the, where the supervisor and all of them couldn't control who passed. Only what you scored on the tests, the test determined what you, who was gonna be number one on the list. So that way they gave us a chance to open up the doors. That's the only way we started having blacks and Hispanics on patrol, then on promotion, lieutenants and sergeants and captains. But this wasn't a long way out. This went back in, like I said, again, it yeah. went back 30 years of uh, uh, 20s. It was 80s. And even some towards the early 90s. It, it was going on. They were So the thing is, what, what we took on that part because of the exams, and I filed a lawsuit against them in the early 90s because of the racism and discrimination. And finally, in 1998, Nana, the court awarded us the awarded us victory, and, and which again uh, made them not say I wanted to do it. They had to adhere to the court order. They had to promote Hispanics. They had to African Americans. They had to put us on different jobs. That's why we started getting uh, blacks in motorcycle division, detectives, warrants, and all those type of things. Where they are at now, the captains, and lieutenants, and majors. And finally, you finally got a first uh, African American, uh, I mean a Hispanic uh, uh, sheriff. We didn't have that. The early report was all white, and they they kept their foot on our neck there. I remember when we went through all this stuff. Man, they used to call me at my house and tell me on my phones, and 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 uh, uh, a lot of the people that was in that struggle lost their lives, lost their wives, their homes, and everything going through the struggle. Now, you have to remember that law enforcement was formed to bring about, first formed about in the early 1800s, to bring about, bring about runaway slaves. That's what it was formed for. That's what it was all formed about. And so they could give the, give the masters the opportunity, authority to go over in different states to bring them back runaway slaves. That's what law enforcement was formed about. That was their purpose. Their purpose wasn't there, so, but they had what they do now, they had to. The thing what they're doing now in law enforcement, you taught about, you taught about that. When we go to the academy, first of all, they teach you how, there but one story told when you're on that street. And they said, when you shoot somebody, shoot five times. So it makes sure there ain't but one story told. 
That's terrible. That's, 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 that's terrible. That's what they teach you in the class. So when they give you that same mentality, we're going out. But see, the thing is, but you know, as I went through that early, I knew. But see, that was, again, it wasn't my purpose. My purpose was to go through there, do my job, ride the sheriff around, and have a good time, and, and, and sit around there, and come home, and live good, and get extra yeah. job. Because that extra job, I was making almost another uh, fifty to $100,000 extra. Just driving the sheriff and riding him around. But that wasn't God's purpose. That wasn't God's purpose for me. And so when they kept asking me all the time to come through, take over the sheriff, take over the unions, and all, I mean, I didn't want to do that. You, you stepping on, I'm stepping on your toes. Yeah. I was having a good life. Wow. But that wasn't God's purpose for me. So as I allowed myself to do what God asked me to do, I got became the president, and then first of all, I started filing lawsuits. They tell me, they tell me when I went home. I could see in the mirror they were telling me, calling me on my phone, tapping my phones, everything like that. So I couldn't go out. If they take me out, I definitely couldn't go out for no birthday because if I drank anything, they're gonna right. pull me yep. over, DWIs and everything. I know how police work. They they work. They they scrupulous. And they have no principles, and they play dirty because they got the, they got the they got you all the paperwork, phones, everything else. They got you tapped, and so. But I trust in God because I was on a purpose. I allowed God to use me, and and not because I wanted to. Believe me, if because God had that calling, God called me and used me. And and it just but see uh, things that happened to me by my life, but God that was preparing me for this. Things that happened, and and I had got got shot, and and uh, and they took me to the hospital room, and and they took me up, and I was and, and the side, and I, I was on the operating table. And when I was on the operating <coughs> table, they had me. I saw spoons and knives. Well, they was on me, and I said, "Man, what's all?" I asked, "Why?" I'm saying to myself. Why they got all these spoons and knives out there on me? <laughs> and so uh, they're gonna have lunch yeah, yeah, yeah. while they're operating on you. Yeah. They're gonna take a break and have lunch, yeah. so I a picnic. That, so I said that, but I fell asleep. But I fell asleep. But I was that calm. On the way to the hospital, my I saw my uh, I was I, they was just working on me and everything else. But I was just calm, listening to me. But because but I knew God told me that if I prayed, I wouldn't die. Wow. He told me in my ear, if I prayed, I wouldn't die. So when I prayed, I knew I wasn't going to die. So I sat on that deal, looking at them, doing all that deal. And and finally, I I guess the the morphine well took me out. My dad, I saw my dad holding my hand. My sisters was crying. But I felt good. I was all right. Because God had already told me. So when I woke up the next day, and and then... uh, uh, then I woke up the next day. I was all right. And uh, thank God you woke up, right? Woke I mean, up, you woke up. Woke up. Went the next day and woke up. And 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 the thing was that I went on back to college. I was crippled. Couldn't move. Couldn't sit down. Couldn't walk. But I went back to college. Six months later, I was back on the football field. No kidding. Running football. 
But that's because of greater God, God's plan for me. And allowing me to be that plan. I was allowing God to use me. My, I come from a family of ministers. And, 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 and my grandmother was missionaries and all this. So I came from that. So I had a history of it. But one thing I knew, I had to trust in God. And so as I went through this thing, that brought, helped me to go through this thing with the sheriff's department. I had to understand that, see, this, the, the union is the first of its kind in South. We don't talk about that in Harris County. We don't talk about that on, on African American Day. We, we had blacks marching down Main Street. We had the Democratic Party, black deputies, stop the Democratic Party's deal in downtown having a convention. They wouldn't come across the picket line. Jesse Jackson went across the picket line because we were marching and protesting against the sheriff's department. He brought me in. He said, he said brother, we can't come across. I can't cross the line unless you okay this. And I said, well, we can't okay it unless you don't start talking about our struggle. And he said, well, I promise you I'll talk about it if you stop the picket line. So we stopped the picket line. He went in there and talked about it. Our struggles. Wow. And so, but well, we parked, picked the, the sheriff's department. And nobody, see, those times, in our history, that people these days don't even talk about that. They talk about all what's going on now out there in Atlanta and Georgia. We was doing that back in, 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 in years and years in Houston. And, and we need to know this history, yeah. right? We, we need to know it yes. uh, rather than this whole concept of we don't teach that anymore. Or whatever. No, no, no. It's the other way around because by learning about history, that's the only way you can prevent it from happening again. Uh, I know that's a phone ringing in the background. I don't want anybody to think that that's Gilbert like about to take a nap. Yeah. That that's like uh, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, little baby. Uh, while you're while you're fixing that phone, we have a Michelle on the line. Michelle, what do you got for me? Hey, good morning, Gilbert. How are you all? We are well. You have and me, the, the, Gilbert Garcia, with Pastor Perry Wooten. Pat, you say Pastor Bailey? Pastor Wooten. Oh, Pastor Wooten. Okay, that's the gentleman that was online when I was in the office. Well, hello, good morning to you, sir. He, he, he's right here. He says good yes, morning. Good morning. How are you? Uh, I'm excellent, sir. Thank you so much. This is a good day that the Lord has made, and I choose to rejoice and be glad in it. Amen to that. Absolutely. What do you got for yes, us, sir. Michelle? Well, I, I want to make it very quick and short. Uh, Gilbert, I just want to let uh, City of Houston thank you so very much. I want to let you know two things. <clears throat> We got two amazing things that are going on. One on tonight, our uh, Texas Democratic Women is having our general meeting on today, where we're going to be, <coughs> pardon me, electing our new 2023 board on tonight at 6:30. Uh, also, we want we're going to have a peaceful transfer of power on to, on tonight. We just want to say we thank uh, Daisy Morin, who was our president for 22. She did an awesome and a magnificent job. Yay. And tonight we will be, yes, transferring it over to Vanita uh, McGuire. And we're looking to have a successful uh, 2023, doing big, better, and greater things for the city of Houston in 2023 or Harris County. And then also I want to say, I uh, just want to remind uh, the constituents and the cities of uh uh, citizens of uh, Houston and surrounding areas so that Joseph House Community Outreach Center is here, your community service if you need something. 
uh, in the line of clothing, shoes, food, household goods, things of that nature. We are here. We are located at 7802 Jensen Drive. Please come by. Telephone number 281-936-8175. Give us a call. We would love to help you. And I just want to remind uh, also uh, citizens that I, Michelle Stearns, is running for City Council, District 8, and I'm looking for your support November the 7th. Or we call that Super Tuesday. So get out. If you're not registered, we want you to go ahead and get registered so that you can participate so your voice can be heard. I listened to the gentleman that just got off the air, just, just got through speaking. So we have got to, this is a new era, this is a new time, and God is raising people up. He's raising up generals that care and are concerned about people, not particular parties, but people in general. If you love God, you love God's people. If you do not love God, you cannot love God's people. So I am telling you now, so let's get up, let's get out, let's make our voices be heard. And I want to let you know, as your next city councilwoman, that I am committed to all, no matter what race, nationality, whatever you are, I am committed to all because my heart is here to God. And to God, I am here to his people. Man, Michelle, I'm ready to go take the hill. Just say, go take that hill, Gilbert. I'm, I'm just ready. I just heard all that. I'm like, let's go take that hill. I, I think that's wonderful, take Michelle. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it. Give, give us your website again, if you don't mind, for your group. Yes, it is Michelle. It is Michelle for the number four Houston. Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L, the number four Houston. And what about the for the organization? Oh, Joseph House? Yes. Uh, it is um, uh, Joseph House at josephhousecoc.org. Again, it's Joseph House at josephhousecoc.org. And the telephone number again is 281-936-817502. Jensen Drive, J-E-N-S-E-N Drive, Houston, Texas, 77093. Amen. We're just showing you the Joseph House video here live. Uh, I think it's wonderful. We wish you much success, and I hope you call in again. And thank you for participating. Absolutely, I will. Thank you, Gilbert. Amen. So, Pastor, when you tell, tell us what it's like. This is a really ridiculous question, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. You were shot? Yes. I mean, do you remember? Oh, yes, I remember being shot. I, I, I mean, did, 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 it, did it hurt? Oh, well, at first when Or do, it you, hit do me, you feel it? When it hit me, I, fell, I just fell down and... and and I felt it, but your legs just like just went. When I hit my leg, went down, and and and, hit, and I looked down at my side, and they said, "Man, you, you hit, you hit." So I fell on my side, and I looked on the side, a big old hole in my left side. And, Is that right? And then my left leg was paralyzed and couldn't get up. But the Lord said, "If you pray, you won't die." And I prayed, and once I prayed. A calmness came all over me, and I knew I wasn't going to die. I didn't care what the Amalekites said. I didn't care what they did. God had already told me, if you pray, you won't die. I knew I was going to make it through that. No matter how much I looked at the blood was losing, I couldn't walk or whatever, but I knew God had spoken. And so, you know, and, I, I, and, that, and that was the basic of the whole thing is my purpose my purpose wasn't about what I did. The purpose was I listened to what God had to use me. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and just like not just me, God uses people, choose people each and every day of this week. And when you brought these lawsuits, yes, did the did your fellow officers ostracize you? Did they say, "Oh, he's a troublemaker"? Well, but some of the white folks did. 
they are assigned the supervisors and the lieutenants and the captains and all them dog man because I was taking on the broken out the the anarch anarchy and the bureaucracy. I was taking on things that had been a hundred years in existence. And 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 they was they how they were able to uh, 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 manipulate blacks and Hispanics and keep us they foot on our necks. And so the point was that I knew, I knew God had called, chosen me. Well, let me ask you, Pastor. Mm -hmm. Here we are now, back then in the 80s when you were going through all this. What was your vision like at where we would be in 2023? And, and, ha and are we where you thought we would be? I think that for the purpose of why not telling the story, I got to share this. When I was going through this, I went through the deal, and I back in two in nineteen was it two thousand one or two, I became the first black elected constable in Harris County. And when I during that time, and and I was doing I had still making that fight, but I knew they would let me get on with this because. The courts had awarded us victory in the lawsuit. They had to promote Spanish and black. I knew they don't forget about that. Mm -hmm. I knew that. I knew they would not forget about it. I knew my name was on the top of the deal to be gotten. Mm -hmm. The police don't. They don't play any other way. They play dirty. They gonna tap your phone. They gonna follow you. I used to go to my home. They was telling me all the way home. I look in the mirror and we play tag on the phone because I was seeing them in my mirror, cutting off the freeway. They were tagging me, following me, tapping my phones and everything and that kind of thing. I knew they was going to try to do set me up. So that was a uh, purpose. So all I did was kept praying. And then one day they came in and, and said I had hired one woman and they accused me of, uh, of uh, taking checks and all kinds of things that, that they knew, taking checks and cashing checks by $100,000 and all. I said, man, first of all, I've been a cop for a long time, and you have too. You can't cash a hundred thousand yeah. dollar check, and, 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 that's right. and, and they can't show you where you spend it at. That's right. And know where that can I mean, happen. that'll get noticed. Yeah, that'll get noticed. You can't, even, and then even that that show me, you can't show me a council check where I cancel with my name on it. I knew what was going on. It was a setup, and they were going to get me because you, when you beat them. They're going to get you. That's right. They're, they're going to find a way. they find a way to get you. So at that time, but went through, they charged me and going to put me in the prison and everything. But one day, one night, morning, I, one day I fell on the couch on my sleep on my bed, my couch. And I was covered up. All of a sudden, something got square on my chest and got scrawled me, scowled me. And I was sitting there. In the middle of holding me down, I, I said, man, it's myself, can't nothing hold me down. But I couldn't move, I couldn't turn, I couldn't do anything. And I said, Lord, have mercy. This is when you were in the cell? Yeah, no, I was, this was before I got to the cell, okay. before I went through that. Okay. And the reason why I, I'm telling you how I knew God was with me. Gotcha. And so, and when I sat there, and I said, Lord, have mercy. So soon as I said, Lord, have mercy, it let me go. So I fell asleep, scared me. I took my head up under the cover. Yeah. I said, Lord, have mercy. And I went to sleep, woke up the next morning, covered up. There was roses, white roses all over me, on the floor, covering me up. 
And I called my older sister, and I said, Sis, I got white roses all over me. And I said, Something was trying to hold me down. She says, Baby, all it was is just God is watching over you. So I picked up the roses, and the white rose, roses, and put them in the closet. So about a day or so later, I was going to call my friends and let them see the roses that was on me. And they was gone. Wow. They was gone. And I told my sister, older sister, she said, well, that was God. It was a, that purpose, God was just for you to see. It wasn't for you to take out the anybody that was for you. He was living you a message. Man, so I, when, even when I went to even when they put me in prison, I was staying in the cell block. And when I was sitting in the cell block, and, and, and the, the, the roof would open up, open up, and, and God was, was, was talking to me. And they had me sitting in the cell block, and I, I, when I was sitting in the cell block, and the roof rolled up and the picture show, like I was at a movie picture show, I was in my sister's living room, and when she was sitting at her table, and I was sitting back at a, walking in her room, and all of a sudden, and I was standing behind a man, he was tall, about six foot, six, six two, six three, had a white robe on, his arm out like the old Egyptians mm -hmm. used to wear. And my sister was sitting at the table, and our picture was on her dining room table, which she always kept. And, and he looked, and she was sitting down, he said, what are you worried about? Talk to my sister. But he was standing tall with a white robe in his hand and a staff in his right hand. And he pointed at a picture. And he said, you see him? I said, yeah. And he sent a picture, and she looked at it, and I looked at it. He said, well, don't worry about it. He'll be home soon. As soon as he said that, the picture closed up. Wow. When it closed up like that, I got scared. Stuck my head up under the covers. <laughs> like you're going to hide now. I'm hiding now. No one's going to see me under these covers. Stuck my head under the I can just see you. I was scared. Well, Pastor, do you think? Go, go back to my question. I mean, yeah. have we made, look, you struggled and suffered mm -hmm. for everybody today. Do you look back and say it was worth it? I mean, have we made enough progress that you think we were, it's worth it? Well, or do you look back and say, damn it, we got so excuse my language. I don't know if I can say that, uh, producer, but do you just say, darn it, we got a lot more work to do? Well, we do have a lot of work to do. But it also, it's a blessing. Look down, we got black captains, Hispanic captains, black uh, deputy chiefs. We got a black or uh, Hispanic uh, 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 sheriff. That time, that's progress. We never had that before. We never had any black, uh, any minority sh sheriffs and no minority chiefs and mayors, I mean majors and all that, uh, uh, black and Hispanics and patrol and detectives and warrants and all. We never did. But by the grace of God, we had that. And then the point, too, also that we have a medical division. Through that, that lawsuit, that's why they have a medical division down there now. And at one time, back in that time, inmates get sick. They didn't have nowhere to go. Is that right? They didn't have nowhere to go. That's so inhumane. People was like dying. People were getting beat. Inmates getting beat up. They didn't have they no doctor's office and all that kind of stuff down there. But through the lawsuit, they, that lawsuit made them bring back up a medical division. And that that's why that medical division came back and being in civil service, that's why it came to, but 
But Rodney and these commissioners, which is minorities, which I can't understand, down there within about a month or two ago, less than six, they were around and got rid of civil service. How come? I have no idea. Maybe they don't know the history of what it took. I have no idea. I called. I went down there. I went down and I said, man, why would you get rid of civil service? And that's how blacks and Hispanics got taken care of. Inmates got taken care of. That's why nurses and things was down there taking care of. They came down working stuff because of civil service. They could do their jobs and not to worry about losing their jobs. But you come in here and you got, you got majority minorities sitting on commissioner's court, and they get rid of it. What was the logic? What was their See, explanation? They, they were bringing another organization, change the organization. I think the Methodists or something that was coming in to take it over, and they didn't want civil service. I said, man, how are you going to? But that doesn't make sense. doesn't make any sense. They were set here to protect not only the inmates, but the staff. They was there to learn to take and And when you got people getting killed out there, inmates getting killed. People killing inmates and all the kind of things going on. And you and you walking by, and the doctors don't have to be challenged on it. Right. And civil right. service, you got to be challenged. Because there's protections. protections. There's protections. Protection. You got a right to go in and challenge these doctors and things. Like that. But now you don't. And in the past, and I can't understand, and I'm saying the people. And I want the, the people need to just sit back and look. We got that, that, that minority organization down there. And they very have very few members now. Because the public don't understand what they have. They don't understand the history. They don't understand when they go down there, they got the protection because of the minorities, the blacks, and we got the, the civil service that forced them to take care of them. Do you see parallels now with voting? I mean, Same all, all the people who fought and got beat up on the bridge and killed and this for the right to vote, and now here we are sort of in that zone, this weird zone of trying to make it hard to vote. That's right. They make, it's, it's historically It should be so same. easy. It's, it's historically it's the same because, the white, because white flight don't want minorities to take its place at the table. They don't want them to take the place at the table. It's just the fact that you, my brother, that you running <coughs> for mayor. Probably one of the better things that could happen in the Houston, Texas in a long, long time since Mayor Brown. And, and, and I think that it's the greater coming that we need to be about going out supporting you and your deal. You know, and, I've, and, I'm, and I'm not saying this because I said you. I've been knowing you for a long time. I talked, we talked about this when Sylvester was still in office. And I don't, and I haven't been getting out here with anybody. But I'm out here that I'm going to support you. I represent uh, the, uh, the Baptist Minister Association of Houston facility, the Union City PAC. I represent over uh, the largest ministerial alliances in the southwest part of this country. And, and, and let me tell you something. When you get out there, and I'm concerned that we have elected officials that get in the positions that are more worried about lining their own pockets than taking care of the people. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm concerned that we, have, that we can't afford to stay home. We can't afford to sit at home and, and, and don't worry about what's going on. We're we we in a paradox now. 
And God given us the ability to open up the doors for people died and that for that matter for opportunity to vote. We gotta get out here and vote. The children gotta vote. We gotta get that feet up. We got these a few Republicans and the tough on out here putting our feet on our neck. We can't afford to stay home. We gotta get up. We gotta vote now. If we don't vote for ourselves, we gotta vote for our children, our children. We got people dying in the street. The police brutality is going on. People think is dying and things are kids, our children are dying. We have that talk about I, I tell my grandchildren, when you get in the car, when you drive and the police pull you over, turn your dumb lights on, let your window down, pull have, make sure you have your driving license. To put it out so you have your driver's license and your ID, insurance, put on your dashboard, keep your hand 10 2 on the wheel. That's my grandchildren. Yep. Everybody know who I am. And I tell them, let your window down. And I tell them, don't, they get to come to your window, they get to talking crazy to you. All I need is to get, your, get their badge number. Because everybody got, they don't have to talk, you ain't got to ask them for nothing. Get the badge number. And if you get their badge number and bring it to grandpa, I bet you he won't do it to you or nobody else ever again. Yeah. Well, you know, it happened to me, Pastor. Yeah. You know, I, my, my wife and I were building a dream house. It's a nice house, and mm -hmm. it was being constructed, and we were at a Mother's Day lunch or something. I don't remember exactly what it was, and we were proud about it, and so we were there, and I know we only got a couple of minutes. We were there with my family, and I said, well, let's go see the house. And so, like the good Latinos that we are, four cars came and parked, and, you know, 22 people came out. And we all went in there all happy and went into the house. It had the, um, what do you call it, the, the chain link fence around it, you know, the hurricane fence, like a backstop in baseball. And uh, we went up, and there we were upstairs, and there was a, a, a senior citizen there, a woman, an Anglo woman, and she was there staring at us, staring at us. And it was very odd, so I just waved at her, and she just kept staring at us. So as we were leaving, this big officer came in. And he said, what are y'all doing here? And I said, officer, this is my home. <laughs> and he goes, I heard there's a disturbance. I go, disturbance? I go, it's just us. It's just my family. Here's what's wrong about that. Imagine if it was nighttime. That was like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. If it were nighttime. Something innocent go awry. What if we had been reveling, meaning had one or two drinks in us? And, you know, can you imagine what could have happened? Mm -hmm. And that's why when you think about that book, From Hell to Glory, yeah. it's true. It's true. And, and it's true. It was written at night, 2 o'clock in the morning. Most of this book was written at 2 o'clock in the morning. God was speaking through me. What I had to do with giving me the deal, the book was reaching, God was using me, speaking, actually speaking to me. And God, the thing that happened was actually events and the things that from hell to glory, it was right from hell to glory. And we went through until God brought me out of this. Is it how, is the purpose that God have a purpose for you? And yet God brought me through. I mean, when the ceilings opened up for me and God bring me through the deal and God was talking to me and all that, Held the glory was written, and for some reason over the years, I could never talk about it. The devil was always blocking me. 
So I was always, when I wrote this book, I, your show is about this, out of the last 10 years, the first time a sector I haven't talked about it. He wouldn't let me talk about it. So I wrote this book. I don't go out and push the book. But this book is a book that talk about, not about really about me, but what God does for me. How God brought me. God is the star. How God used me. How God brought me out. And God's purpose for my life. And how he brought me through. And, and that's what it's all about. And that's what I was, this book is a share about from hell to glory. The hell went through hell, but in the end he brought me out because I overcome, because even though they found me guilty, God, the case was overturned. Wow. The case was overturned. And, 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 and here I'm standing, testifying. If, if you trust in God, if you trust in God, because of God I am an overcomer. And because you trust in God, God will bring you through. Regardless of whatever it is, God will bring you through. You just have to trust in him and have faith. From hell to glory is my story. And my story is everybody's story. A lot of other people's stories out there. But this is just a book that will inspire other people, and I just want to share it with them. Woo! I don't know about you guys. We have 30 seconds. I just want to say I am... Uh, God, this might be the very first time I've like just been speechless, right? In in this show, and Pastor, um, I am so glad you're my spiritual advisor. But more important, I'm so glad that you're my friend. Tell me about Amazon. Uh, Amazon. I forgot to. Oh yeah, it, it's available on Amazon.com. From hell to glory, and in fact, if you call in, I'm going to have a, one signed here for you, and uh, for the first caller that calls in in the next hour or so. And I'm going to have it sent to you. So let us sign off here uh, on radio. And we're going to stay on another minute or two, Pastor, on social media. Woo! What a great one. Give me love for the lonely. Give me food for the hungry. Give me hope for the children. Give me peace in our restless world. Give me peace in our restless world. Is there someone to hear my prayer? Wow. We're going to do our commercial. Are we not doing the commercial? Then I think, all right. We're now on social media. Pastor, you're looking in that camera. I'm looking in that camera. And let me just say to all of our now social media listeners, I really try to do something different with this show. I just got tired of the same old, you know, you look in the media and there's another killing, another this or that, another death, another car wreck. And there's a lot of good in the world. A lot of people who do amazing things. Uh, and there, there's an old saying that a hero is an ordinary person that does something extraordinary. And when you look at it that way, Perry Wooten is a hero. And he has changed the fate of law enforcement without a doubt. And I think a lot of those people who have benefited from his lawsuits and all his struggle probably don't even know. But God knows. And I think that's what motivates Pastor. God knows. And that gives him peace. 
We're here every Monday, 11 to 12, KWWJ, 1360 AM, 96.9 FM. And, of course, that's Keep Walking with Jesus. We're at KYOK, The Legendary, 1140 AM. KCOH, The Source, 1230 AM. Aliento Radio, 1540 AM, 101.7 FM. Sangeet Radio, 95.1 FM, 1460 AM. Uh, Again, we discussed From Hell to Glory, the book that's on Amazon. I'm showing you there of where you can get it. It's an amazing book. Uh, And more importantly, Pastor Wooten is an amazing man. And before we sign off, next week, I think I told everyone that I'm going to be sharing my uh, New Year's resolution. Well, I'm about to do it next Monday. So stay tuned, Houston, because it's coming. Uh, And it's going to be a glorious, glorious ride and a glorious, glorious mission. Pastor, I'm going to give you the last word right into the camera, into social media, of anything you want to say uh, that you want to share. Well, I just, I just want everybody just to remember it wasn't an alarm clock that woke you up this morning. Amen. It was God that called each and every one of us by our name. And if he woke you up, you still got favor with God. You still have an opportunity. You have an opportunity to serve God. God, have a listening ear for God. I know things are challenging out there now. I know things are going astray. You know things are getting hard. But the only to overcome that, you got to trust in God. Don't give up. Don't go out and allow yourself to get caught up in the, in the senseless games and senseless going, breaking in robberies and all this kind of things. That's what you're doing. But you're doing the game that the man that put out there for you. All he's doing is use that in order to keep his foot on our neck. So we're just shiftless and no good. We got to trust in God. We got, because we have our children coming up behind us. We got to think about them the way our elders thought about us when we was growing up. And we got to trust in God. We got to make, make a way for them. Get past our own self, our own narcissistic behavior, and think about someone else and, and, and trust in God because the devil is busy, really busy. Each and every day of our lives, he's busy. Remember when you're on your knees praying, the devil is listening over your back, listening to you, what you're having to pray for, trying to block you. So that's why it's easy to pray. When I get ready to move my car, I won't move it out of one place to ask now before I pray to God and ask the God to navigate my vehicle to and from. Because I don't never know what's going to go on that street before I get there. I ask God to cover me in his shed blood to keep me and watch over me. It's important, people. It's important that if you don't pray for yourself, pray for your family. Pray for your children, your nieces and nephews. Because we are living in perilous times. Perilous times. And people don't care. They shiftless and they kind of thing. And but we, but we as minorities, black folks, we gotta stay Hispanic. We got to trust in God. That's who got us here now. We're doing. We have achieved more than we ever achieved in our lifetime. We got people in the warehouse, in the White House, and all over the place. It went by accident. God yeah. had blessed us. 
And we just can't take it and say, well, because I'm overcome, I cheat. We got to take that and spread that abroad and look at the young children that's coming up. And that's where my disappointment in the elected officials that we have today. Most of them out here lying in their own pockets. Most of them not doing anything in the churches. Not what I'm doing. It. You've done more giving in the churches with the fed the home. God said, feed the least thereof. You done fed the more people without them on holidays and fed them and gave them food and gave them food that they could eat during Thanksgiving and Christmas. And But you don't see elected officials doing that. All they do is come around and have their old, old Sunday mentality, election mentality, come around in the churches. And our people don't need to listen at them. For over 100 years, God put it where they, that black ministers and other things lead his people. Not the politicians. Politicians worry about themselves. But God put the preachers, even if some of the preachers, they have to watch over them because sometimes they go astray. But the point is, that's why you got to read. That's why you have to study the word of God. Amen. Let me get out. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Woo! No, those are beautiful words, powerful words from the heart. And ladies and gentlemen, this is a good place to, to stop. And you know what? Give thanks. Give thanks around you. Give thanks to others. Lend a hand to somebody. You see a neighbor, you know, give them a smile. See what they need. There are people hurting out there. Uh, and this is the time for all of us to hold hands. Amen. So this is Gilbert Garcia at a tip from Gilbert saying... We will see you next time. This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Listen to my radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 a.m. till noon on Houston's Gospel Leader, KWWJ, 1360 a.m. and streaming live on kwwj.org. Listen on the legendary KYOK, 1140 a.m. and streaming live on kyokradio.org. KCOH, 1230 a.m., The Source. On San Geek Radio, 95.1 FM, 1460 AM. And Aliento Radio, 101.7 FM and 1540 AM. Call in at 832-570-8075 and follow me on social media. See you then.